Hello and welcome to episode 40 of um, Bits and PCs, Mature Gamer Podcast Sidekick and Devilishly Handsome Counter Warrior. Um, I'm here tonight, Vimesy, hello, with um, Clarky, who's decided to join me and crawl himself out from the pit from the darkest realms of Landorian, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. then Evening all. Uh, we were supposed to be joined by Gibber, but he's gone AWOL. Um, he's probably lost himself in Trackmania. I have a feeling he picked that up this week and is probably now just addicted and trying to best the times of Asriel and Shadowline. So it's just me and Clarky going to sit here and talk crap at you for the next hour or so, so I apologise for that immediately. Uh, so Clarky, how you been? I've been fine, thank you. Awesome. Lots of gaming this week? Indeed, indeed there is, yes. Um, I thought you were going to talk about the Fanboy Cup first. Oh, was, there mate, we go. Uh, oh, you're all right. It just goes to show what a professional outfit we are, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely. Well, I was, <laughs> I was going to talk about it and I thought it was actually quite embarrassing. The Fanboy Cup... Um, <laughs> Did we lose this one? I can't remember. It just seems I don't even recognise that this this particular one happened. Um, this is the uh, rock band Blitz. We, after we got beaten on that one, um, we've now come back. We've retaliated with a track mania round. Um, this is something that we've let John have control over. So um, God help us and all who sail in her. He's done very. <laughs> he's come up with some rules and he's come up with. Uh, with, with a plan that basically um, on the bits and pieces server which can hold 20 people we're going to go for trying for 10 aside if you are interested in doing this it's, it's it's a free thing you can go and get the trackmania beta off steam and there's links and stuff in the forum um, download it apply to join in if you want to and uh, what we're trying to do is trying to get people to not just race but also to create the tracks for the actual game event itself so you can go on, you can create your track, which you can do in as little as 10, 20 minutes, um, and then just send it to John. Don't let anyone else play it, but send it to John. John will store it up on the server, and then on the night of the competition, uh, that will be the first time anybody else has, has got around to playing it. It's going to work on a kind of um, Grand Prix scoring system, I think, isn't it? Something like that, or is it a golfy score? Something like the person who wins gets, what do they get, a point, and then the second gets two and stuff, and therefore the person with the lowest score wins and all this sort of thing, and John's going to do maths, which is great because it means I don't have to. Um, yeah, it's, it's all on the forum, so if you're not a member, join up and you can read the uh, read the instructions there. And if I'd have been a professional, I'd have done that before actually blabbing my mouth for the last four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so, uh, Clarky, what have you been playing? Uh, well, since last we spoke, um, which was I think was the Easter weekend, wasn't it? Huh. I went uh, went into town on Easter Easter Monday and uh, picked up a game you've been talking about, which was Dark Souls. <sighs> you see, Easter weekend, the resurrection of Christ, and you go and pick up the most devilishly difficult game you've ever played in your life. Absolutely. How is it for you? Um, <laughs> jerky. But we sorted all of that out. No, I had a few, uh, I had a few issues with it. To start with, we'll get those out of the way. Um, obviously, anybody who's aware of this game will know that the only reason there was a PC version of it was basically from basically the community signing a petition and um, getting Namco Bandai to actually make the game, which is all very well. But uh, the general consensus is, while it's an absolutely solid game, the port of it to the PC from the console did leave a little bit to be desired. It was interesting that this week the devs came out and basically apologised and said, <laughs> yeah, well, 
we're really sorry. The um, the PC version was, I think, the uh, direct quote was half assed. So, <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I, I had a few issues when I first loaded it up, non compounded by the fact that it runs through the horrific abomination that is games for Windows. Oh, doesn't that doesn't you know, you, didn't your just hopes just die? I mean, as soon as it, as soon as I launched the game or whatever, and it cut on with games for Windows, and I just thought, oh, you bastards. <laughs> so that that aside, it was uh, I was having a few. Uh, rather severe frame rate issues with it, um, which kind of made it a little bit unplayable the first run. Well, I say run through. I haven't really got run through the entire <laughs> game. But, uh, already? Oh, absolutely. You know me, professional to the end. Uh, no, I, uh, the first uh, half hour was basically a, a jerky mess, so I kind of came off and hit the forums, so to speak, and uh, put in Dark Stottles frame rate issues, and obviously it came up with about a thousand different methods of fixing it so okay. as as is the norm with pc gaming I, I went through three or four until i found the one that sort of worked for my particular system and uh, just check, did you did you try turning it off and on again it's the first thing i tried it's the first thing any pc bunny tries <laughs> uh, yeah i got it i got it working in the end and uh, yeah and absolutely solidly frustrating game but in a yes, good way so, oh, yeah. how did you get on? Well, how did you find it? Because I, I uh, love this game. I make no secret of it. I love these games. No, I, I, it was kind of a breath of fresh air that I wasn't basically having my hand held and walked through the game like I would have been with it, any other style of game of this particular genre. Um, yeah, I mean, the combat is basic-ish, but obviously uh, you're kind of rewarded for uh, doing the right thing and not just running in and hacking and slashing like you would do with Skyrim and whatever else you'd be playing mm. so yeah I think what was it what's that first boss called in the prison that big you know oh, what I mean the, um, big, the undead you, asylum de- demon the, yes. the first of all I thought you just, just as you're escaping it was uh, six, six attempts at that with two different characters before I finally found a way to kill him oh, uh, but, but again it's I mean everybody Slurdy. says yeah, that's it. Everybody says it's frustrating. It's a difficult game. It's like you said last time. It it it's not unfairly hard. If you die, it's because you made a mistake. It's not yeah, because the much. game thought. It's not because the game thought. Ah, well, you're not getting past this guy. We're just going to make it impossible. Mm. So no, like you say, if you parry or you don't raise your shield at the wrong time, you basically cut in two. So yeah, I've, I've put about well, not as much time as I'd like to. Really, I've played about three hours of it and. Uh, I've just got to some undead town. Oh, I love that. I, I just I love the world. I really do. I think the towns, are my fa- even in the first game, the kind of the above ground areas are my favourite because they're kind of more real and it kind of fits into the more the kind of the, the fantasy castle kind of genre and, and kind of I like that. When it starts going dark into the bowels of the earth and stuff like this, I start thinking, oh god, it's just going to be. It's like another. Um, you know, almost too dark for me. I like being able to see the sun. <laughs> I like that. That makes it less scary. But um, yeah, I, well, I think your comment about the combat is is it's not as basic as you first think. I know it's you, you know basically you've got um, a hard hit and a fast hit if you like. Yeah. Um, but actually, it goes a little deeper than that. So if you have a, a, a just say your basic a sword. You've obviously got your your fast attack, and then you've got your heavy attack, which obviously takes longer but does more damage. But then obviously you've got the option to 
switch out to a two-handed stance. So if you've got yeah. a sword, you know, you can you can get rid of your shield and have it in two-handed. But then also it's about choosing the right weapon for the right opponent. So there's there's quite a lot of when I get further on in the game, um, depending on the opponent I'm facing, I'll often and where I'm facing it, I'll often just stop and switch out my weapons a little bit because there's some parts a bit later on where, you, where there's a lot of corridor fighting. Yeah. And oh, if I'm playing with something like a scimitar or something like that or a falchion, it's you can't swing. Well, you can, but you, you end up just hitting walls. And uh -huh. it, it, you need to switch to something like a pole or a spear or something like that. So you're jabbing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it, it kind of suits where you're. If you know, if you're fighting in a corridor, the last thing you want is a three foot long sword. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do anything with it. So you want to swap it out and you want to start looking at things and using things properly and stuff. And um, I, I just think the game's brilliant. I love the way it makes you think. I love the way it. it it kind of it just makes you question every step you make along the journey. Yeah, it, it, it's like you were saying about you, you prefer it in daylight. I can imagine a lot of the uh, the darker dungeons. You by the time you get to the end of them, your your basic reward is the fact that oh look, there's light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah, it does feel <laughs> it very much does. I mean, there's there's bits in that game where you you suddenly come out and and you're in the fresh air again. You're like bloody, and you do you get this massive sense of relief and kind of you just you just feel kind of you kind of can breathe again almost it really does get you it really does make it more impressive you were speaking just before we come on about um the dark souls 2 trailer did you did you see the gameplay of this i did yes and looked very similar to what i'm already doing at the moment yeah pretty much that's kind of i i kind of watched it um first of all on my phone because i was out and about and i just thought can't really tell a huge amount of difference and then i watched it again on hd and and you know, wrapped up to full detail, and there's there's definitely some graphical changes to it, and they've made it look better, but it's still the same game as far as I can see. And hopefully with a much better port this time, which I think they've commented on. Yeah, they've they said they, they've, they've kind of said we're, we're, we're going to put a bit of effort into but the. But it's going to be even worse. But they're trying to make it even more oppressive. So they're doing things now where you will go into areas that are pitch black, literally pitch black, and the nice. only way you can see your way through is if you light a torch. So you go through, so you can light a torch at a brazier, walk down these stairs, and you can kind of, you know, the, the pool of light is, but it flickers and it kind of, you know, it really does. Yeah. And, and then and suddenly things come at you from the darkness. And of course, you're holding a torch. You haven't got a shield because you're holding a torch. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, so if you pull the thing is, if you pull your sword out, you drop the torch and you're back in darkness I'm, again. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little worried because I don't like scary games. <laughs> as people may well know by now because I, I wet my pants every time I even think about a scary game so uh, this is going to be a real test for me but yeah so that's brilliant so um, that's Dark Souls you, I presume you're, you're going to carry on cracking at that of course I am I'm, I'm amongst a plethora of other things I've been playing at the moment as well it does, does feel like that so what next um, a nice little number I picked up on the Vita um, which is by the name of I hope I pronounce this correctly Guacamele um, really? Which, which I, I, after I spotted this and did a bit of research, apparently is a Metroidvania type game, which basically yeah. means it's kind of a cross between Metroid and Castlevania gameplay wise. Yeah, it's very simple. Well, anybody who's ever played Castlevania Symphony of the Night will kind of recognise the uh, the whole way the map's set out for you and everything. You uncover it as you play it. Um, it's a 2D side scroller. Um, kind of a very humorous take on. Uh, <laughs> Take it's on the good, genre, isn't it? I mean, really? I, yeah. I picked this up yesterday, 
because um, I didn't I didn't realise it. I'd heard a lot about it. I hadn't realised it was out the weekend and um, went to the, the the PS store and um, I think it was because I'm PS Plus member. It was like eight quid instead of ten quid. Which that was it, yeah. Either way you look at it, is a fucking bargain. It is. It's a cross buy as well, so you get the PS3 yeah, version. If I wanted to play on PC3, that's brilliant. But I'm quite happy to play on my Vita at the moment because it means I can play yeah. one. This is watching shite. Yeah, well, I think I think you get uh, local co-op on the uh, PS3 yeah, version yeah. or uh, two yeah. two two player to us older gamers. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, the story. You basically play as a uh, an agave cactus farmer who uh, wanders into town and. Ends up having to try and rescue the uh, is it the mayor's the president El Presidente's daughter, but unfortunately he's very quickly killed and resurrects in the land of the dead and uh, basically finds a magical uh, luchador mask which uh, turns him into well a super a superhuman Mexican wrestler. I'm glad you managed to pronounce all those words correctly because I was wondering how I was going to get through this section. <laughs> but no, it's it's a lot of fun. The uh, it. Very, very rela- much relies on uh, sort of combo. It's Com- hard. Yeah, the, it's, the, it's really hard. The use of combos. It's, if, if, if you think you're going to be running through this just punching, then think again. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I started, I mean, first of all, I thought it was just going to be a platformer because I thought, you know, you did a side-scrolling 2D platformer, but then it's kind of a platformer with beat-em-up and in, in, in elements in it as well. mm um, so I thought maybe it was going to be something like Mark of the Ninja or um, what was the there's a brilliant one on Xbox what was it called Shadow Complex which I loved, um, <clears throat> but no they've thrown in kind of uh, combo stuff in there as well so there's uh, you know super punches and, and trying to keep the person in the air to juggle them to defend more damage and, and all this sort of yeah. stuff and okay. that's the bit I get very confused on because I'm not yeah. good at combos. <laughs> the uh, have you been to the village? Where the uh, the combo chicken teaches you what to do. Yeah, yeah, I went to the combo <laughs> chicken. Which like that, which it, which there are some real laugh out loud moments in this. Some of the lines they come up with. Yeah, it's, and, it's and, all it's all typed. There's no voice voice acting, so it's all kind of um, like old Japanese RPG stuff where they just you know text comes up in a box. You you click X and it gives you the next piece of text and all that. But there are some really funny like lines in there. That the the humour is yeah. absolutely top notch. The back, the backgrounds as well. Have you yeah. spotted all the little uh, nods to other games? No, I haven't. What's in there? Um, what is there? There's. I think concentrate uh, on staying alive for one thing. No, to, just take a look at the background as you're playing. I think there's one section where you're running along a bridge, and if you look in the foggy bra- background, all you can see is basically, I think it's the Machinarium logo <gasps> in right. the background. Yeah. Um, what else is that? There's uh, this, this this game through more uh, thoroughly. Yeah, an advertisement for a luchador match which stars yes. uh, yeah. El El Linko or Link from yes, Zelda. Of course, yeah, I saw, poster, that, I saw that. A poster for El Casa Crashers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's, it's a brilliant game, and, and for even if you're not a PS Plus member, for 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 ten pound, this is an absolute. Apparently, it's quite a long game as well, so it's not just a you know it's, mm, it's as long. Not as long as everybody thought it would be. It was, I think that was. I think IGN gave it nine out of ten, and the only bad point is that you can probably run through it in about five hours. Bloody hell, I can't because I can't. Oh Jesus, <laughs> it's it's very very good though. And yeah, if you've got a Vita and they're complaining about the lack of games that are out there, then if you're not playing this, there's something wrong with you. It's just it's just a fantastic game. It's brilliantly done. The art style is. Is is truly superb. Um, there's some really good 2D games coming out at the moment, actually, when you think yeah. about the last year. But it's I mean, if, brilliant. If, if you played the uh, Tales from Space, Mutant Blobs Attack, and 
I think the original one they did was about a blob, which only came out on the PS3. It's very similar to that art style. So, uh, yeah, it's de- definitely worth a look. I've been having a lot of fun with that this weekend. Well, you uh, might as well talk about your Mark of the Ninja experience then as well. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I, picked the, I picked this up about, whew, what was it, two or three weeks ago, and it was on sale on Xbox. I, I picked it up for 600 points. I said, remember certain other hosts of this show, blithering on about how bloody good it was at one point. Possibly have been me, I suppose. Uh, it would have been. And yeah, I, again, fantastic. It is good, isn't it? It yeah. really is. I do like uh, this game. Fa- finally, a stealth combat game I can play. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's just great. Everything from, uh, like I say, the, 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 the sort of Saturday morning cartoon style of uh, graphics and cutscenes in it. Um, it's not... It, well, as a platform, I don't know, is it even a platform? Well, it is a platformer, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I think it's, again, it's a Metroidvania style. Absolutely, yeah. But no, I, I really enjoy the stealth combat in it, which quite surprised me because I was never really a big fan of things like Metal Gear and etc. Oh, uh, I wasn't, but it does it. I don't think it's a particularly difficult game. No. Um, but I just, I loved, I, I don't know, it just, it was, it was quite an easy game to play. But you still had to think a little bit about what you were going to do and and how you were going to you know still there was still puzzle solving in that they kind of taxed you but you never kind of got completely stuck. No, that's it, and it is. It never gets boring. No, it's very stylish. Yeah, well, that's it. Not not knocking a light out and dragging a dragging a freshly made corpse into an air vent never gets boring. Yeah, they got some <laughs> new DLC out as well, which gives you some more non-lethal takedown moves and stuff like that. But. Um, interesting I would like to see something um, maybe a sequel or something like that would be great but I said that about Shadow Complex and they still haven't fucking bought another one of those out so there we go I think it will happen it always does in okay. most cases <laughs> yeah and and then, uh, and then um, this this is this is another kindly donated game from uh, that'd be yours truly wouldn't it Bam say it would actually <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me I, I, I was feeling in a very generous mood so I ended up yeah, I'm actually going with torchlight, so I bought a four pack and then ended up giving three of them away. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling like a bit of a kept man on the forum. I've got <laughs> Gibber handing me Bioshock Infinite, you giving me torchlight too. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, Ramsey and Gibber, if you're listening to this, there's a couple of Dota two chords with your name on it, boys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, torchlight two. Um, I'm really enjoying this. Torchlight uh, one at all? No, never. I've never even, I can't honestly say, I've ever really ever played this style of action RPG either. What, Diablo um, shooter? Uh, Diablo shooter? Diablo type game? No? No. Like, like I was saying to you before we started, the thing it reminded me the most of was probably cannon fodder. Basically like that clicking around the screen and uh, fighting with a hell of a yeah. lot more depth to it. Yeah, I but can yeah, see that. Yeah, it kind of marked my, uh, I haven't really been on the PC for about, probably since the last time we were on the show, I've played some Dark Souls a week before last and I don't know, I must have been a bit under the weather last week so my return to PC gaming has uh, gained me another addiction in, uh, in Torchlight too so I'll be looking forward to some co-op with everybody Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that, I mean I've, I've got it obviously, I have, I literally like I said I, I, I booted it up and I watched the intro movie and, and got to the first screen, as soon as I got to the first screen I think um, John uh John showed up on the Steam list is saying playing Track Mania, so I buggered <laughs> off to play that instead. 
Yeah, the other addiction. <laughs> Very much. I still haven't downloaded that yet. You're a fool. Get on it. I, I'm not sure I want to. Oh. I'm, I'm having so much fun with other stuff at the moment. We've, even got, we've, even, got the, we've even got the hedgehogs playing it now, so you've got to get involved. Oh, I suppose so, yeah. Uh, so, but no, that's uh, Torchlight 2. Is, uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think I, I sort of put it on this afternoon. and uh, Well, no, it was late this morning. And I thought, I'll give this a go. And didn't put it down for about two hours afterwards. It's so. really addictive. It, it yeah, is. I, I haven't played, like I said, I haven't played Torchlight 2, but I played Torchlight 1 quite a lot. And it's it's just one of those, it's that whole loot gathering thing and um, yeah. constantly striving to get more loot, then more loot, then more loot. And it's, oh dear. Yeah. It's addictive to the point I was considering do it, doing A John and uh, playing it while recording the show. That would have been extremely unprofessional of me. <laughs> that's what the clicking is in the background oh, if over no oh you see that's, that's pretty good when were you last on the show then because you clock up that much gaming uh, two weeks ago yeah so about the same as me then yeah oh well um, there we go. and that's uh, that's about me for this uh, for this week yeah that's good well I mean I, I basically haven't done anything oh um, whoa, whoa, hold on hold on we have to get its mentioning and of course I've played some Persona 4 as well uh, yay See, I've been good. I haven't touched it this week. Well, yeah, but said that I have been thinking about. I was going to say I have been thinking about touching it, but that comes across all wrong. Um, <laughs> it does give in the subject matter. Yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> I, no I, I, I think it's one of those games where once you stop playing it, it's quite easy not to play it again mm. for a little while. But I don't cough, I, cough, cough, Nino Cooney. No, Nino Cooney. It went the way of the fairies. I uh, sadly had to get rid. I even had a go on that as well this past fortnight. It's, it's a great game. I just haven't got time for it at the moment. No, I was just going to finish it. And it was a cough up between kind of, do I continue with one JRPG? Is it going to be Persona 4? Is it going to be no Nino Cooney? And I thought, Nino Cooney's got, you know, I can get more money for it basically. Was the way I well, well, that's it. I really don't think that me playing Dark Souls, Torchlight 2, Nino Cooney and Persona 4 is going to make for... Uh... No. No, but do if, if if you've got to pick with any of those, go with Dark Souls, mate, because that's the kind of experience you just. There's no other game that does it. There we go. No other game that does that. Um. So yeah. So I I I basically spent most of my last two weeks staying off every single game except Bioshock Infinite. Um. And because, and and what did you well, think? Because I wanted to get it done. I wanted to get. It was one of those games where I wanted to see what everyone was talking about. I wanted to see, you know, because there was all the twists and all this, all those little spoiler threads everywhere that you can't bloody read. And I'd avoided all kind of um, any thread with Bioshock Infinite in the title, or even when it started hinting it. I just didn't bother reading it because I didn't want to know. I wanted to work my way through the game myself. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to talk too much about it in this section because what I think we're going to do after this. After the end credits have rolled, me and Clarky are going to do a little spoiler cast after the sh- after the end credits have rolled. So for those people that um, haven't played it yet or are halfway through playing it or, or whatever, uh, you're safe to, to listen to this section. We promise not to spoil anything for you. Um, but those people who want to hear more about our thoughts on the, the, the story, the characters... Um, and not have to worry about treading on toes or whatever. We're going to do that after the end credits have rolled. We're going to do a little tiny spoiler cast, 10, 15 minutes talking about Infinite. Um, so just hang on after the end credits have rolled, and, and you can hear us waffle on about that for a little bit. But um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on Beastie's line of thinking on this one. I don't think it was as great as everybody seemed to be hyping it. It's certainly not a 10 out of 10 game. 
it really isn't. I can't see how you can class it as a ten out of ten game. Um, the, <laughs> I get, you know, it's a solid eight. It's really, it's a competent game. It's a very good game. It really is. But the, I think the problem is the world is beautiful and it's brilliant, um, and it really is it's a really immersive, it's well thought out. The story is slightly cliched, but good um keep keeps you kind of going but in essence bioshock infinite is a very posh corridor shooter you kind of you go from one area and you shoot a lot of people and then you go through into another staged kind of arena if you like and you shoot a whole load of more people and then you go through to another area where it's staged and you shoot a whole load of more people and that's basically the game and Absolutely. <laughs> I found that really disappointing. Um, no, I, it, I, I suppose you could see it that way, yeah. I mean, I just had such... I don't know, I, I think I was looking through with uh, Starstruck Eyes, at, I mean, the great story, the lovely, the, the story beautiful the, the backgrounds. Elizabeth, Elizabeth was fantastic. Without without yes. doubt, Elizabeth was, was awesome. Um, there's not much to say about her... But as a sidekick, I think they did very well with a the fact that she didn't get in the way during combat because she basically just crouches out of the way and lets you get on with it. Yeah. Uh, and and you basically have to direct her to do anything. So if there's no AI there, which is kind of getting in your way or you know doing something or stealing your kills or anything like that. So that that that's quite a nice touch. Um, and the whole you know the whole storyline that that goes with her that follows you through doesn't intrude on your gameplay which is which is great because uh, there's nothing worse than having somebody imposed upon you who ruins your game experience because their ai is shit or <laughs> gets in the way or whatever um, a <laughs> resident evil 4 yeah yeah pr- yeah exactly but um yeah it was it was a very good game it, I, I thought the combat was fine i didn't see anything wrong with the combat at all i loved the guns the guns felt really chunky really kind of you they're very visceral you really got that feel of you know when you pulled the trigger yeah. you could almost you, do you know what i mean you almost felt the uh, recoil. the guns were good but i kind of agree with beastie on this in retrospect there were any of them but there was, eggs, yeah the three different machine guns and mm. i yeah and i didn't know what they meant they all looked the same on the icon as well they all looked pretty much so you had a repeater a heater and um something else i can't remember but i mean i ended up going through the whole game basically using the sniper rifle the shotgun and if i had to the machine gun i think i, I pretty much that was it that it, yeah i mean all I, I think uh looking back all i really did was booking bronco and uh, shotgun <laughs> yeah and i think it was in, the interesting is when i when i hear people talk about what they did with the game and um everyone seemed to talk pick up different plasmids so the plasmids are the, the special powers that you use, you know. So you, you basically you have your gun in one hand and you have your plasmids in the other. Effectively, your kind of magic powers, if you like, and um, <laughs> they range from being able to hurl people into the air and shoot them in the air, or um, you know, fireballs or electric shocks or whatever. And they were they were great. I didn't use them hardly at all, but they were great. Um, I kept forgetting to use them, in all honesty. Uh, but I think the thing that the thing that really annoyed me about the game and really let it down was the whole looting aspect of it. Yeah. It ruined it. 
And I mean that, it ruined it. Because every time I went into an area, I wasn't looking at the area. I was looking at, where's the bin? <laughs> yeah, where, where's that barrel? Yeah. What, what's, what, what's on that there's table a, there's over there? There's a box there. on a shelf. Can I loot it? I wasn't looking at it. And I've listened to a couple of, um, couple of spoiler casts and stuff. I missed so much about the story. I missed so many clues about where the story was going to and so many beautiful touches because I wasn't looking at the world. I was looking for a fucking bin. That really <laughs> annoys me. And why do I have to go up to a corpse once I've blown its head off and go up to it, stand over it, press X and press X again to loot the bloody thing? Yeah. That... Can't I just walk over it and I automatically get the ammo or the food or whatever it is that's on it? Or why can't Elizabeth do that after me or something? I don't know, but it just, it ruins it for me. It yeah, hey, woman, loot that body. Exactly. <laughs> you don't do anything else. <laughs> sort it out. You'll pick locks for me. Go fucking, <laughs> go and loot some corpses as well while you're at it. Yeah, you know? it, it, did, it really did ruin it for me, though, because I, I was spent so long looking for, for things where I could pick up a few more bullets or, uh, you know, an apple or whatever it was that I actually missed quite a lot of the plot clues that were given out all the way through the, the, the you know, there's a bit people once work. I say, Oh, did you see this bit? And I'm like, no, I didn't because <laughs> I was looking for a fucking bin. <laughs> so yeah. Um, really good game. Loved playing it. Won't play it again. Um, I'm done with it now. Basically it was, you know, it's a one shot deal for me. Story was good. I thought it was a bit overlong towards the end where it was explaining everything that went on and whatever. Um, but we'll talk about that more post-credits. But, okay. Uh, definitely, definitely worth, you know, definitely worth it. Everyone should play it. It's a really good game, don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah. Um, Guacamelee we talked about. I only picked that up yesterday, but I've, I've spent a couple of hours on it, and, and that's just brilliant. I really like that. I'm, I'm going to like that. I know I am. <laughs> um, and the only other one I've really played... What's this? <laughs> What's this? <laughs> what is this? Um, you may have heard me talk about a little game called uh, Trackmania in the past. Really? And possibly even now running the MGP bit server for Trackmania. Um, there's Nadio, who the developers have another little little game called Shootmania. Shootmania Storm, to be precise. This is their attempt at a kind of esports shooter. Um, it's quite difficult. Well, it's kind of simple to explain, but at the same time, it's quite weird to get your head round. And I only started playing this a couple of days ago, so I'm by no means the world around. The, the, the thing that really <laughs> flew back, apparently Kev's playing it and really liking it. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> probably the weirdest, it's the kind of game you just wouldn't have put Kev, you know, as a... It's it's a twitch shooter um, where you basically have arenas. It's an arena twitch shooter. That's the simplest way of putting it. First person. So all you see on the screen is basically your your, your HUD. You, you know, is your is your uh, your sights and a few little details about how much shield, how much stamina, and how many shots you've got. What you effectively get at the beginning of the round, everyone starts off. Um, there, there's a few different modes. But the one I've been playing is called Royal. What it yeah. basically means is in the middle of the in the middle of the playing arena. Uh, and in real life, this arena would probably be well. I mean, it could be anything because the maps is up to kind of 
you know, whoever builds them. Again, very much like Trackmania, where you can build your own tracks, you can build your own arenas very, very quickly um, in, in the standard map editor. Um, but you're probably talking about 400 meters across, you know, square, if you like. And in the middle of it is a, a, a pole or flag, for want of a better term. All the people that are playing start on the outer edge of this arena. And the idea is basically the first person who gets to the pole gets a few points, but also that triggers the you know the entitled storm, the track, mm. the, the shoot mania storm. And what that is basically is a big tornado that starts up around the outside of the map and then closes in until you're left with just the very center of the maelstrom right over the pole, which leaves you probably about a 10 meter square playing field okay so basically you start off and you have to try and kill everybody else while surviving yourself the first uh, you can only respawn until somebody gets to the pole once someone gets to the pole and starts the tornado you die you're it you're out okay if you get caught in the storm you're out you're dead mm -hmm. okay so everyone's kind of charging for the center of this map meaning that you just People, you know, everyone's getting congregated into the same same areas. Um, you have a, a kind of limited number of shots. You kind of, I think, you get four shots, and then they kind of recharge. So if you shoot, it takes a little while before you get that shot back. Do you see what I'm saying? So you kind of, yeah. kind of get four shots, and then if I was to waste all my shots, I'll go, you know, it would take probably ten seconds for those shots to recharge. I'd probably get another one off in about three seconds, but it would take you know a good ten seconds for me to get all four back again. Which means it's really you don't want to blow your shots. You really want to be quite accurate with it. Mm. Um, you can't just go in spraying laser beams everywhere. It doesn't work like that. Um, you can kind of you can kind of do this kind of Halo esque jumping. So you can kind of bunny jump, you know, quite long distances, but that uses your stamina up and things like this. Uh, I think you get you get kind of two shots before you die, but it's really competitive, very very quick rounds. Okay, so you're talking a round, if you like, is normally over within a minute. Uh, yeah, it's that quick. Uh, but the match, I think, is oh, it's really hard because it's the stupid thing about the game is there's no intro to it. There's no real introduction to the game, how it works, or anything. So, you know, this is one of those things where YouTube is your friend and you basically have to go and find out what the hell is this game. There's no tutorial. It's, <laughs> it's really just fucking throws you in the deep end on this one. Yeah. Here you go. You figure it well, out. You know, in Trackmania, it's fairly simple. You start, you're in a car, you're at the beginning of a track. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> it's not a difficult thing to work out in this it's kind of like there's not even a description of what the HUD is let alone anything else so unless of course and I might hold my hands up unless I've missed it which is highly possible but I, I haven't it's not particularly clear that if there's a tutorial or anything like that but it is a strangely addictive in the same way that Trackmania is addictive a strangely addictive twitch shooter um I think it retails at about 15 quid on Steam. It's out of beta now, so it's, it's live, as it were. Um, really, I hope they do a demo. I hope they kind of do some kind of demo on it, because it's a brilliant little game. It's one of those games It's a bit like Trackmania, where it could be a really good social game, uh, where if you're just hanging about in TeamSpeak and you think, oh, actually, you know what, I'm just going to go... Anyone fancy a quick game of Sheet Mania or something? You could go on there for... Because the rounds don't take very long, 
you can go on there, you know, blow a yeah. few rounds and, and you know, whilst chatting to your mates quite happily. It's, it's not one of those ones, not like Battlefield, where you're going to get, you know, what I mean. You haven't got time to get really deep into it. You can just quite happily sit there and talk, you know, shoot crap while while waffling on about whatever. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and, and hopefully we'll we'll get a get a little better at it and spend some. That sounds. Uh... Again, sounds interesting. So, what, what we're going to be on with next week? RPG Mania. RPG Mania. <laughs> it's called Quest Mania. Yeah. Top down 2D shoot 'em up Mania. Top down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it does. It sounds. It sounds interesting. Like I say, I really need to. But I don't want to download it because it's going to take me away from everything else that I'm having so much fun uh, with. Recognise that I have a problem. <laughs> Hi, my name's Vimes. You know, I'm the game addict. You know, <laughs> I'm. I buy too many games. If I could just stop buying games. You've, I want you've to taken the first step there. <sighs> just need to, to kind of get hold of Steam and just say, can you not accept my fucking PayPal for the next six months, please? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just becoming awful. Um, so in the next, well, see, and I say that, and now next week, uh, in the next couple of weeks, what I want to play or more of is. Everything I already haven't had time to play because everything else has come along. So, Shoot Mania, I want to spend some more time. Talk about 2, I want to get some co with you guys. Track Mania, I want to play some more. Dark Souls, I want to progress with. And I also want to go back and have a few games on Armour 3. And also, <laughs> because <laughs> I was watching some YouTube videos of a game called Red Orchestra, which looks really interesting. Oh, I saw you mentioned you were talking with Bouncy about this on Twitter. So I was. Bouncy's very kindly sent me a guest pass to the aforementioned Red Orchestra, the Game of the Year, Red Orchestra 2 Game of the Year edition, um, which gives me kind of three days to go and try it out. Yeah. And it's, um, it looks really interesting. It's basically a sim, so it's a war, war sim mm-hmm. based around Second World War Battle of Stalingrad. Right. So it's it's World War Two weapons. It's very tactical, but it's not as. I mean, uh, this is going to sound really. You know, if anybody, this is going to sound really really crass. But the good thing about World War Two um, <laughs> is that if there is a good thing about World War Two is that all the all the kind of all the shooting and whatever took place kind of within a hundred meter radius, which is great for games. Because you get that close combat thing. The mm. problem I found with games like Armour is that you can shoot someone from two clicks away. <laughs> it's killed you. Whereas in, in something like you know Second World War shooters, you have to be relatively close. Otherwise, yeah. this, the accuracy has gone to pot. Your weapons have reached that far, whatever. So as far as a war genre is concerned, if you're going to make a game about something, World War Two is almost perfect because it's, it's that kind of thing where it's still kind of whites of the eyes sort of get of, of fighting um which yeah is game so this i'm looking i'm looking at with, with some interest it, it just does look to me like um you know, i think it's multiplayer only it's in the same vein as kind of battlefield but it is a sim rather than a run and gun so it's definitely not cod it's a it's more hardcore than than, than battlefield but it's, it's very much based around uh, second world war stalingrad taking your time patience tactics that kind of yeah. thing so I'm going to hopefully going to try that as well. Mm. So Jeep Mania, Torchlight 2, Trap Mania, Dark Souls, Armor 3, Red Orchestra, Guacamelee, Persona 4, 
Uh, and then there's another 18 on my desktop that I haven't even thought about yet. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. I'd much rather that you paid for them and played them first, and then I can I can just pick out the good ones and. Yeah, thanks. So you you can play the crap. <laughs> so, having spoken of my cast offs, what are you going to be playing this week? Um, probably a little bit more Dark Souls. Um, a little bit more Torchlight 2, Mark of the Ninja. Basically, everything I talked spoken about this week, I'm having a lot of fun with, and hopefully that will continue into next week. Horizon. Uh, what was that? No new ones on the horizon. No new purchases you're considering. Shoot, man. No, no. Well, I'm probably <laughs> going to end up with this at some point. I mean, I really need to be saving Persona and Guacamole for the weekend because I'm going away with the family next weekend on a little caravanning holiday. So gotcha. I'll, 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 I'll be going going dark, so to speak. <laughs> Take it to Dark Souls on the Vita. Oh. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Never so, say never. Yeah. Oh well, so that's that's what we've been playing. Quite a range, wide range of mixes there. I'm quite glad Gibber wasn't on this week, so we'd have just had to waffle on for even longer. Um, <laughs> so uh, projects, any projects for us, Clarky? Uh, I have nothing. Yeah, um, my project. Um, you, it, it's sad to say, uh, project one in one out, which I spoke about a few months ago on this very lovely podcast. I think can safely be declared a failure. Um, I have tried so hard to only buy one game when I finished another. And I think we can say from, from the aforementioned segment, it just ain't going to happen, is it? I just, it, it just I, I, I think looking back, you failed this the second day, didn't you? Pretty much, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I did one in, one out, and then went, oh yeah, apart from this, this, and this. So, so what you should have done back then is declared it a success and then just yeah, and forgotten then just about it. Yeah, that. <laughs> have to oh, start anonymous or something it's, it's it's appalling but no i have i have no projects either so um do you want to tell me about movies tv and books then i will do um yeah. aside from watching the hobbit which came out on blu-ray dvd and download and whatever else it comes out on these days which we've already covered at great length or john has anyway so i won't go into that still a great film um pick it up watch it i will See, I was talking to John about this before you before you wonder about the Hobbit. I didn't see it at the cinema because, um, long story short, I was going to go with my dad because um, I always took him to the old the Lord of the Rings films. Mm. Just never got round to actually going to see it. And by the time we sort of got time together, it was like, oh, it's not in the cinemas anymore. So I haven't seen the Hobbit. So now I'm at this annoying kind of part where do I go and buy the Blu-ray? And then, so I can go to the cinema and watch the next two. Or do I just not bother seeing them and wait for the nice packaged Blu-ray box set to come out in three years' time? Well, that's it. I mean, what they did with the Lord of the Rings is they they kind of released the the cinematic version. And then I think the special edition always came out around about the time that the next film came out. I've got all the individual... um, you know, uh, what do you call them? Not special editions, but the the extended versions. All, yes. All, for for the all three Lord of the Rings films, I've got all those. And then of course, but before that, you had the theatrical versions came out. Then you had the extended edition came out. Then when all three films were out, you then had the Blu-ray versions come out. Then you had a Blu-ray theatrical version. Also, it just got ridiculous. There's so many versions of it. <laughs> and now I'm just thinking, with the Hobbit, shall I just wait two or three years? 
because I've not like I've not got anything to watch. I've got shitloads of films up on my shelf that I haven't even got around to watching yet. And then I'll just pick up the nice fancy box set when it comes out. Well, I did get a UV copy as well, so I, I might sign you up as part of that and let you watch my copy of it. Oh, that'd be very nice, wouldn't it? Be nice. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll call it payment in part <laughs> for Torchlight Two, can't we? <laughs> we might we might well do. <laughs> All right. Uh, so sorry, I completely interrupted you. Then so no, 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 that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's not much to say that you probably already, haven't already heard. It's it's a good film. Um, well, it's a great film. Very much like the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, but not as dark. Um, I'm just a bit conscious of the fact that they're dragging it on for three films, but yeah, it kind of makes me worry a little bit. But hey. Oh, well, I'll, I'll wait till I give it a shot. No, no. I mean, every, everything Peter Jackson seems to touch turns to gold on the whole. <laughs> mm, much. Um, what else did I watch? I watched Argo, which uh, John spoke about. Um, it was at the cinema for about two weeks and came out on Blu-ray. It's a brilliant film. Um, there's no point telling you all the plot of that because it's based on a true story. So if you all follow the news and history and what have you and listened in school, you'll know what it's about. Mm. Um, and it, it is a fantastic film. The... The, the final scene in it is a while since I've been left kind of jaw wide open on the edge of my seat watching a film. Mm. But uh, no, definitely pick that one up and watch it. Um, um, me and the missus went up to Blockbuster last week and aside from looking at everything and going, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, we uh, saw one we hadn't seen, which was Seven Psychopaths. Go on. Which is the uh, Colin Farrell film. Oh he, yeah, he 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 who delivers emotion through his eyebrows. Very good for those eyebrows. <laughs> this is a great film. It kind of harks back to all those talky talky Tarantino films from the nineties. Mm. Um, it's basically kind of a, uh, a bit of a black black comedy. I'd say almost in the style of the way Breaking Bad's a black comedy. Well, kind of uh, like in Bruges. Um, well, yeah, it's the same director, so I suppose it is exactly oh, okay. like it is, yeah. Um, or I believe so, anyway. Um, yeah, it's basically about a, um, a struggling Hollywood writer who's come up with an idea for a script called Seven Psychopaths and uh, is basically stuck stuck trying to look for the um, seven psychopaths he wants to feature. He's got this uh, friend who's a bit of a nutter, this out-of-work actor, and this other bloke who's played by the fantastic Christopher Walken, mm. um, who basically have a bit of a, a bit of a sad movie, a bit of a sad, uh, a sad job where they kidnap uh, kidnap dogs and then uh, give them back to their owners for the reward money. Oh, definitely psychopaths, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, exactly. And the story sort of goes on that they, they kidnap a dog that belongs to a particularly nasty crime boss. And it, it basically just goes on that turns into a bit of a road film, but uh, it, it, it's it, it, is, it is brilliant. The dialogue is top notch in it, and uh, without spoiling it, Christopher Walken has one scene where he just steals the show. So another recommendation. Awesome. And that's available from all good DVD and rental places for approximately three pounds fifty. <laughs> so give it a whirl. And of course, of course, to be kind to one of our forum members, we must of course recommend it be rented from Blockbuster. Of course, absolutely. All the other rental departments are available. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, the excellent uh, array of films I've watched has unfortunately been tainted by the fact that I watched 
Silent Hill Revelations last night. I thought you'd have learnt by now. Oh, it's a video game adaptation. You've got to give it a look, haven't you? I mean, it doesn't have UA Ball's name on it, so... There's a chance it could be good. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, no, it's it's shockingly awful. Oh, good, it's good. Even, even more shockingly awful than the first Silent Hill film and manages to be even more awful than a Resident Evil film, even though Silent Hill does have something of a story to it. So, um, yeah, if you led dying in a gutter for approximately 90 minutes and give this a watch otherwise just don't bother <laughs> so the last film you ever see you're recommending the last film you ever see is you like dying in a gutter so you don't feel you're missing out on too much well exactly yeah you, you've hit rock bottom at that point why not just go out oh yeah that sounds almost <laughs> as bad as priest that film i watched last year oh that's so awful oh dear okay well um no that's about it? me yeah that's me not um i managed to watch up there you go. There's a blast from the past. I haven't seen it. Everybody goes on about how it's so emotionally and. Oh, I tell you what. I, oh Jesus. I I, I basically we, I think we taped it. It was on over you know PVR it whatever you want to call it over over Christmas when it was on, and then um, we got around to watching it uh, with my daughter who's two and a half and I was in bits. <laughs> oh, I was absolutely. There's a couple of bits in there where, oh Jesus, I just, I was absolutely bits, and I was just like, this is wrong. It's this is supposed to be a kids' film, and I'm just sitting here like, blubbing. Um, really good film. Oh, you still have behind the couch at Doctor Who, though, don't you? I don't watch Doctor Who anymore. It just upsets me too much. Um, <laughs> uh, never a big, big Doctor Who fan. Um, but no, that was it's brilliant film. Um, really, really good. But you know just oh blubby blubby um <laughs> really is uh, i feel such a wuss um but yeah i think, just, I, just I think really yeah good. i think if i watch this i'm just gonna have to watch it on my own first get all the emotion out of the way and then no, I, think you could, I think you could do it. if you did it with your wife you probably think more of you probably think oh look there's somebody who you know is in touch with their feminine side <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is a really good film the baddie who's in it is just so uh, it's so kirk douglas but it's not Kirk Douglas. I don't know how they got away with it because it's so <laughs> obviously based on Kirk Douglas. Um, the voice, the, the thing. And then when I was looking at the, the, the voice actors that spread up, it didn't look like it was him. And I was like, bloody hell, if it ain't him, how the fuck did they manage to get away with it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's so I watched that. I'm not going to go on about it because it's an old film and everyone's probably seen it or cried their way through it or whatever. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, comics. A uh, bit of a resurgence in my world. Uh, I think about a month ago I was talking about comics, and, and last time I was on talking about them as well. And um, this is getting expensive. Um, I've basically now on my iPad got installed the Dark Horse app and the Comicsology app, and um, it's really hard because. You basically got access to the entire back catalogue of these, you know, great publishers, mm. and you can buy everything at the touch of a. And it's just really, really, really um, too easy to spend an awful lot of money. Um, but luckily, I managed to pick up uh, way back last year, I think, on Kickstarter. I managed to pick up. Um, I backed a, a film studio for doing an adaptation of uh, 
a comic called The Goon. And um, part of this deal was you didn't get the film or anything. You, what they did is they gave you six or seven issues of The Goon. Um, the best, the kind of the writers cho- cho- chose their their favourite six issues or whatever, and then I, I thought, oh, I'll go and have a look at that. So I downloaded and installed the Dark Horse app, um, got my free issues, and I'm absolutely hooked. These are brilliant comics. They're really, really good. Um, the Goon is basically a kind of intelligent thug, I suppose is the best way of putting it. He's a a huge lumbering lumbering man kind of it's, it's almost like uh you know that shot of uh chicago in the in the 1930s a famous poster where all the all the blokes are sitting on the girder yes new york on the skyscrapers eating their lunch or whatever yeah. it's kind of sort of set around that kind of time 1930s prohibition kind of time but it's weird as well because they have kind of um zombies mixed in there as well and different kind of weird things like that that happen so it's all a bit sort of supernatural at the same time but not in a kind of it's just they're just part of accepted mainstream life you know they're just kind of these things are there i haven't read enough comics yet to get into the backstory of it but um the goon is basically like a he, i think he started life in a carny uh in a, in, you know doing the carnival route and um uh he's basically now turning to kind of like a crime he's turned to crime or whatever and he basically owns a block and he's this big lumbering muscly um, man with his little sidekick uh, geezer, and he's but he's he's quite a melancholic figure. But the the comics are just absolutely brilliant, really really good. Um, so unfortunately, I think I'm going to be spending an awful lot of money on those. <laughs> well, it's certainly not what I thought it was. I thought you were going to start going on about a comic version of uh, Peter Sellers, Spark Milligan, and Harry Seacombe. <laughs> <laughs> no, although I probably would if it was available. They're just really good. But the problem is, again. I know it's I know it's a different medium and it's art and all this sort of stuff, but they're really expensive to get. You know, if you play, if you're buying comics and whatever, for the amount of time it takes you to read them, um, it's quite a lot of money. So you know, I I bought a, a book on Kindle the other day for under a fiver, and it's going to take me what twelve hours to read, maybe I don't know, maybe ten, um, and yet. A fiver in comics will last me a couple of hours. Yeah, you know. So, but you, there, there's something about them. There is something about them. There's, the problem is with these apps, you can just end up spending an absolute bloody fortune because there's so much good stuff out there. And so, for someone like me who's a complete comic newbie, uh, it's just like walking into a world of just anything you want, any kind of. I got the I got the next, the next set of my Star Trek ones, and I. I I went through those so there's all sorts of things from sci-fi to dark fantasy to to weird off the wall sort of stuff to kind of more generic things and um it's just the, the fact that you can kind of just do this at the touch of a screen and just start downloading these whole new worlds and things is just brilliant it's just it's amazing but it's also bloody expensive yeah, so I, I, I need to stop listening to you now this is another this is an expensive hobby i really don't want to be getting into well yeah i mean uh, the, the problem is with some of them that, that they give you these previews and the previews like three pages long and in a comic that's fucking nothing yeah. I'm supposed to tell whether I want to spend 5 pound 49 on 10 issues of this comic when you give me three pages and one of those is the bloody contents page and the artists page. You know, it's, <laughs> thank you. So you get one page, the front page, you know, and that's it. 
Yeah. I'll now make up my mind whether I want the rest of the story or not. So there are things they can do to improve it, but um, I'm also trying to stay out of the way of them because it will just end up costing me a lot of money. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically what I've... Yeah, but if you're enjoying it, it's all worthwhile. Yeah, um, and then yeah, I'm not going to talk about my books and stuff until I've actually finished them because I don't think that's a fair thing to do. So that's about it for, for movies, TVs and books, unless you've got anything to add. No, that's it. That's me. I'm done. Brilliant. Uh, in which case, we'll move straight on into the news. Which um, <laughs> <laughs> just makes us chuckle. Um, the f- first thing we need to talk about, really, is the the um, Xbox 720. Uh, I know this is a PC and related bits and PCs uh, podcast, but this has to be mentioned. The, the, the news of the Xbox 720 rumoured being always online. And, uh, Clark, would you like to mention what happened about the time they were announcing this? Uh, yeah, wasn't Xbox Live unavailable? It was. It's strange to start <laughs> downtime. You, you just can't pay for marketing like <laughs> you that, can you? Can't, can you? The Xbox 720 rumored it always needs to be online, and at the time they were doing live stream this, I think in America, um, Xbox Live shut down for a day. <laughs> 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 just absolutely classic. Um, I'm not really sure what to think about this, and I don't, I don't know if I want to waste too much time on it because until we know what they're actually talking about. It's hard to it it's it's kind of hard to comment on it because there's all yeah, sorts of different versions about always needing to be online. I mean, Steam in a way needs to be online to operate, but yeah. you can still play your games offline. No, they, they they do need to be getting on with it. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming the logic was well, we'll wait while the PS4 dies down, but the fact is it's not doing because PlayStation's making all the right noises. So I think Sony totally blindsided them. Exactly. They, they, came, they, they came out at the beginning of the year and Sony said, oh no, we can wait till Xbox, you know, we'll wait for them to reveal before we do anything. <laughs> Xbox probably then just thought, oh right, great, we've got loads of time, we'll bring this out at E3, we'll make a big song and dance out of it, and then suddenly, bam, there goes PlayStation with, what, hang on, where? what? Um, and then Xbox and they're like, shit, what do we do? And the longer they wait, I think they're, they're really losing the initiative on this. They should have come out straight. As soon as PlayStation came out with their conference, they should have come out swinging. And they should have booked the next venue. They, could, they should have booked the same bloody venue for the next fucking day. And just said, right, here's what we got. Cause I'm, I'm, I, I did hear as well on another podcast. Um, there are other podcasts out there? There are, believe it or not. Obviously not as professionally done and uh, popular as ours, but there we go. Oh. Uh, it, it was mentioned that... Um, Apparently, there's money being put into having films released first on a certain platform. Really? Yes, which is kind of taking things in a direction I don't want it to go in. No, and I think we, you know, we've, we've spoken about this a lot on and off air, about the fact that the consoles are seeming to be... And, and again, it's really difficult until Xbox come out and say what they're going to say. I don't you know, I've been with Xbox since Xbox One. Um, I was, you know, I, I sort of dropped out of PC gaming and came back into it only recently, only in the last year or so. Um, and I was an Xbox gamer first and foremost all the way through the last sort of, well, seven, eight years, I suppose, since the first Xbox. And the way the console's been going, even in this generation, I've really not liked. It was a games machine. It's now turned into this, you know, all... all this this media box, if you want to call it that, under the thing. And I think the thing that really annoys me about it is I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with it giving me access to Netflix and Now TV and 
um, iPlayer and whatever it is. No, no issue with that at all. But when it starts intruding on the games, then I have a problem with it. Yeah. And the fact that you can't customize your desktop, so I can't turn around and say, right, you know, in Windows 8, for example, I can turn around and say, these are the tiles I want displayed. These are the ones that are relevant to me. Whereas Xbox locks it and says, no, you're going to have ads over three quarters of your page, whether you like it or not. And I'm paying for this service? I'm paying these guys <laughs> £40 a year so they can bombard me with adverts? Well, th- this is another way where PlayStation have kind of... Uh ended up as the uh, tortoise in this particular race, haven't they, really? Um, you know, what, what exactly am I paying for with Xbox? Yeah, I've got the online connectivity, which is, I'm led to believe, because I haven't tried it out on the PlayStation, better than the PlayStation. It but, is, it is. Without I doubt. mean, if I shop around, I can pick up a, a year's PlayStation Plus membership, probably. I mean, I've seen it for That's about 20 point. quid. Oh, and, yeah, I've seen yeah. about 13. It's well worth that. The amount uh, I've had off that. Yeah, and they're, they're giving me free games every month. And, you know, we're not talking about, you know, <laughs> small games. These are AAA the other, the other titles. Thing, the other thing I have an issue with on, on, on the Xbox, the other thing, there's plenty of them, is, um, and I'm not anti-Microsoft at all. I don't want anyone to get me wrong. I'm not some kind of fan. You know, I was a Microsoft fanboy for a Long, you know, that's, that was my console of choice. It's my weapon of choice. And I just don't like the way they've gone. I don't like the fact that you can't even access these apps unless you've got a gold account. No. So if Especially I, if, when you're paying for them. Absolutely. I'm paying for Netflix or whatever. But if my gold expires, I can't access Netflix anymore. Yeah. Well, it's like I was saying earlier, the it's Now TV bad. app that I pay for it. I know that it's in beta for the PS3. And mm-hmm. as soon as it comes out for that, I'm kind of struggling for a reason to keep hold of my Xbox 360 other than the fact I've got unplayed games on, the, on the, it. The only thing I've got on my Xbox 360 that I play at the moment is um, Black Ops 2. And I, yeah. I, the only reason I've still got my Xbox probably currently is for the fact that there are three or four people that I play with online that haven't got any other consoles or access to a PC. Mm. And so the only way I can keep in contact with these people is by keeping my Xbox. As an example of this, um, one of the games I've pre-ordered is um, the new, uh, not Demon Souls, Dark Arism, which is Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arism, All right, yeah. uh, which comes out in a couple of weeks' time. And I had to basically choose whether I went for PS3 or, or 360. And I've actually picked it up on the 360 because the way I figure it, the PS3 will go soon because I'll buy a PS4, so I won't have as much time to play it. The 360, I'm going to hang on to for a long time because I'm not intending to upgrade to a, to the Durango or the 720 or whatever it is. Exactly. But I've got longer to play Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen if I get it on the 360 than if I buy it on the PS3. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think in a way we're both kind of partially bought into the PS4 with the uh, kind just of. Think, I just think they nailed it, and I know we yeah. said, you know, after uh, the, the, when the show after the um, the, the reveal. They nailed it for me. They really. Yeah. I've never been that impressed with a game's a reveal or a game's announcement or anything like that before. Everything they did was about the games or the gamer. And yeah. A of times they said this is for the gamer, the gamer, the gamer, the gamer, the gamer. There was no talk about any bollocks. No. Everything they spoke about was relevant to me. It's, it's Even, like you. Yeah. It's it's like you say if, if they nailed the sort of Vita compatibility, I'm all over it. Absolutely. If I can if I know I can take my Dark Souls experience upstairs, uh actually, <laughs> do I want to play this in bed? That's a, oh, shut up. 
you wait till I get dead or alive volleyball and I can take that upstairs. Oh Jesus, no. <laughs> All over it. Um no, but they just everything they said was about you know, everything they said was relevant, you know, even the talk about the sharing stuff where you can just press a button your last thirty seconds of gameplay, whatever it is, is you can edit I want that. You know, I'm a I'm a nearly I'm you know 38 year old gamer who is not one of the kids. I'm not particularly down with it. I'm not you know not one of these people who's going to be doing let's plays and things like this. But I want to be able to say, hey, for for the three or four people who might be interested, <laughs> have you seen what I did on this game? Or this is how I beat this boss, or whatever, and share that. And yeah. you know that's that's what I want to do. Um, I'm not particularly interested in how many teraflops or whatever it is or anything like that, but it just looked to me like everything on that was targeted towards how can we make your experience of gaming better? And my issue with what Microsoft look like they're going to do, and again, this is this whole caveat around, they haven't said anything yet, which I think is more damning than actually, if they just said, actually, you know what guys, we're kind of going to do a games console, but actually first and foremost, we want this to be a media box and we want every family in the world to have one. Yeah, okay, fine, be honest about it. But don't tell me it's a fucking games console and then stick games in some back room somewhere. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm quite happy with my PC and I'll have a PS3 for those exclusives that I want on that. That's it. That's fine. I'm done. Because Xbox, you haven't got the games I want anymore anyway. There's no exclusives on the Xbox that I want. They just aren't. You know, if I want Forza, I'll pick up GT5 or you know, a Gran Turismo game or something like that. If, yeah, if I want that. What else they got? They've got Gears of War. You know what? I can live without Gears of War. Yeah. <laughs> it's Halo. I've, you know, I've got Halo. I've played three, four, five, six versions of Halo. They're, they're no different. You know, I can play Reach, and it's pretty much the same as Halo Two was. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's that's slightly flippant, but I'm, it's it's not my kind of franchise anyway. I'm, I'm not all, I'm not a Halo fanboy anyway. So they've got nothing on there that particularly interests me. No, absolutely. So, but, you know. Unless they've they've got to come out and say something soon. But anyway, we digress massively, but that's okay because we can be conversational. We can talk about these things. Indeed. Eh? What else would you like to talk about? Talk uh, to me. Fucky, talk to me. Talk to me. Didn't you add all of this? Back- oh yeah, I might have done, but you can read the links, can't you? Well done. <laughs> um, what have we got here? Clicking through the. Phone. <laughs> hey, look! At least I had the running order in front of me. Uh, Far Cry Three. Oh, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I mean, from what from what I know of the game, because I haven't played it, this seems to be something of a radical departure from what <laughs> what we used to. This, um, this is this is something where the, the lead designer or somebody on the team has basically taken the code home with him, the Far Cry Three code home with him, got absolutely fucked on tequila. <laughs> every single nineteen eighties kind of um, Schwarzenegger you know, film that there's possibly available and then decided to fuck about with the code. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, have you seen it? Do you want to talk about it? Uh, I haven't watched it yet. And it looks, oh. like, it, it looks like it's being deleted as we speak. This video is no longer available. I think, I think it was kind of the, the, there's, um, an early footage. Multinational gaming website has, uh, 30 minutes of, um, I'm going to say, fuck it, IGN. They've got like a 30-minute gameplay video where they, they, they talk over it. Um, it's just brilliant. The opening credits, they're all done in that perfect 1980s video game style. Uh, so this is, okay, roll this back a little bit. Far Cry 3, as we know, came out last year. Very, very good game. Liked it a lot. Um, 
possibly similar in the region to sort of Tomb Raider and, and, and Biofish are slightly inflated, um, <laughs> slightly overhyped. Still a great game, really enjoyed it. Um, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon is a standalone game. This is not, you don't need the original to play it at all. So it is a standalone game. Yeah, yeah it is a standalone yeah. game. It's also budget. So I've pre ordered this on Steam for, I think it was 12 quid. 11.99, I think it was. Yeah, uh, and I think it will probably be around the twelve hundred Microsoft points, maybe sixteen hundred Microsoft points. It will be sixteen hundred actually, won't it? Um, you know, on on, on live um, PlayStation, I imagine around the fifteen quid mark. Um, and it's basically they've they've gone back and they've made it, they've retrofitted it in the best possible way. And retro, I mean, totally retro. The color palette is all nineteen eighties neon. It's it's like playing Far Cry 3 from the world of uh, Duke Nukem. It's those one-liners that they must get about six different Die Hard references in in the first six minutes. No, absolutely. If you, I mean, if you look at the cover art for it, if I sort of cover up the uh, Xbox Arcade thing with my finger, I could almost accuse it of saying Mega Drive at the it's top. It's brilliant. And all the, all the cutscenes are kind of that. Well, not cutscenes, but they're, they're those really old 8-bit, 16-bit kind of... Um, just single shot graphics where they kind of zoom into the screen and then zoom out. So it's the same picture, but they just move the picture around the screen or it's, it's just as 2d art. Basically it's, it's just fantastic. It looks really, really good. And this is coming out, I think fairly quickly, isn't it? Uh, first um, May, I think. Yeah. May the first. So a couple of weeks time and I'm, I'm, I've got it pre-ordered on steam and I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be an absolute hoot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's brilliant. I think it's a great. No, I, I mean, I haven't seen the video, but from the artwork, I've seen it piques my interest a little, shall we say? It looks looks very good. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Do you want to talk about this this iOS children <laughs> racking up lots of money on iOS? I, I, I've said this before. Why is such an issue being made out of this? That the fault lies solely with the parent on this. I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I think that's also an easy get out. Well, it is, but at the end of the day, I, I mean, my kids have gadgets. I'm, my daughter's eight. She has her own Xbox, but I wouldn't give her access to something if I thought there was any possibility she could do something wrong or, you know, rack up. I mean, she can't buy anything on her Xbox because I've disabled that function on hers. But we're, we're, also, we're also fairly tech-savvy people. You know, well, yeah, exactly, yeah. We would hope so. Um, we've just been pretending for the last year. Um, <laughs> but there are people out there, who, you know, an Xbox, they haven't got a clue how it works, and that's their kids. And they don't know anything about how it works. They're not gamers. They don't use the Xbox. The kid wanted one. I bought them one. What do I know? Um, you know, or, or an iOS or a tablet device or their phones. Everyone's got bloody phones these days. Well, My wife doesn't have a clue about phones. No, it, it, it's, she didn't know you could buy content on phones. She didn't have a it, clue. It's funny you should say that. So when my daughter, I mean, I, I kind of veto all my daughter's Xbox friends. They're mostly school friends and friends that she's made through sort of my other kids. Um, but I was, I noticed, I came up to check what she was doing. Noticed she had a, she had a recorded message. I thought, oh, what's been going on here then? I put it on, and it's, this lady just comes on. He said, Sophie, this is Dylan's mum. He's just having a few problems with his Xbox, and, but we're trying to sort it out, and we'll be back on shortly. And I was just in stitches listening to that. Oh, dear. But people don't have a, you know... No, I, it's a, it's I, a very I, different world, and I think there's... 
I think the, the thing I have issue with, I don't have issue with microtransactions at all. I quite like microtransactions. It gives me that element of choice. Do I want to, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole, do I, you know, are microtransactions good or bad? The thing I have an issue with is I don't think any game, any game, should allow you the ability to go out and spend 70 quid on tokens or whatever it is you know these games where you can sort of say you start yeah. and it's like oh spend 69p and you can get 10 credits and that'll allow you to buy little, little, little. or buy two pounds and you can get 25 credits or 70 pounds you know hang on where did this come from yeah why, they... why are they allowed to go that what game needs to have 70 quids worth of shit on it no absolutely i, I kind of agree with you from that point of view it does need to be I mean, if, if you're going to end up spending 70 quid, it needs to be properly sandposted. It needs to be, or something like that. I mean, my daughter, she's two and a half. She can pick my phone up. She can, you know, I haven't got a passcode on my phone as yet. Believe me, it's coming. Um, you know, she, <laughs> she, can, she can turn my phone on. She can swipe to get to the dashboard and she can go into photos because that's what she likes doing. She likes watching like, the videos and the photos of her playing yeah. in the park or whatever like that. She can do all that. My wife can't. <laughs> so, you know, if she can do that at two and a half, then, you know, kids are going to... And my, my wife doesn't know what's going on. Imagine what it would be like if she was five or six and she found, yeah. for one of... And I know nothing about these games, so I'm going to say something like Farmville or any other one of those ilk where you can spend money and she says, oh, I really want to buy a cow. Great, there's a fiver gone. They, sh- they need to make it more obvious so that when you're buying something, it does flash something up or whatever and says, you know, this will cost you money. Something like that. Or mm. even that an email gets sent to your account. I mean, it does on my account if I buy a transaction. If I, you know, if I spend anything on the Steam store, I get a receipt email. Yeah. I don't know if you get that through things like that. Because you, you get your iTunes thing about a week later, don't you? You get a well, yeah. <laughs> statement. I don't know whether they needed to, you know, if you spend over a certain amount, you immediately get an email directly to your, to the bill holder's email address. So they can turn and go, you did what? Straight away, rather than waiting a <laughs> week, you know. But anyway, the, the whole point of this news story is that basically that um, the, the government are going to examine whether kids are being put under unfair pressure to pay for additional content. Um, commercially aggressive in-app purchases are to be investigated by the Office of Fair Training. Don't even know what it means. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense it, whatsoever. It, it, it's that whole generation thing, though, isn't it? There was there was none of this when we were kids. Huh. You know what 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 did we have for our generation? What was the worst we saw in the media? Uh, alcoholic beverages designed to look like they're aimed at children. Yeah, but they were quite nice. Oh yeah. But no, even I mean, you could kind of <laughs> say I mean things things you didn't have that instant access like I was talking about with comics is the fact that you can just be one press you can spend quite a lot of money quite a lot of money um and I don't think kids should be able to do that especially you know I, I just don't no, and I know I mean, parents should be on the lookout but parents do need to be better yeah. informed about what these things can cost well, and how easy no, it is to buy things uh, absolutely but yeah if, you, if you're going to stick a 70 quid purchase on then you know cooling off period maybe might be nice it might be or something you know at the moment you know i think one of the people got kicked got got caught by the fact that they thought they they they, they put their code in for their kid to buy something on one app mm. but it's that thing on apple where it doesn't immediately you've got, relock yeah, you've got, it does you've it you've got 15 minutes or something like that now you can go and turn that off or lengthen it or shorten it or something like that i think in the settings but yeah. no one ever does <laughs> no one ever does that. Half people didn't even. I only know about it because I went and actually looked for it. You know, so 
I, I don't know. Something needs to be done about it. They shouldn't be having games out there saying you can buy 70 quid's worth of tokens for whatever. It's just a ridiculous sum of money. So, yeah. Anyway, I think that's enough about that. Us ranting about any of that. Any other news that's worth mentioning? Uh, don't think there is, no. You're rubbish at this, aren't you? Absolutely. Um, An- another well-organised episode. <laughs> I just don't think... I think it's just a very, very... I think everyone's just waiting for that Xbox to sort themselves out, for Microsoft to come out and do something. I don't think, you know, there's nothing really else going on. Um, releases, then. The only one I can find is for a game called um, Papo and Yo on the 18th of April. Um, What's all this about, then? You're lucky, then, in the fact that Papo and Yo is actually quite a good game. It's yeah. uh, it's almost an indie title in many ways. It was, I think, originally a PlayStation 3 game, but it's coming to the PC. Um, and this is... I think it was a PSN game when it first came out. Um, and and this, is, this is basically quite a deep story about... You play as, I think, the, the son or daughter of an alcoholic... And the main monster in this game yes. represents the father's alcoholism. Mm-hmm. It sounds a bit, bit weird. Um, but it's it's actually got fairly good reviews, fairly strong reviews. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of puzzle-orientated, and you have to kind of make your way around the world by... By um, doing all sorts of things from stacking towers to, to kind of working your way through the world and jumping in and platforming in ways. Is it, is it a sort of laugh-affirming type thing like Journey was? I, th- I don't know if it's kind of that. It, it feels a little bit like Eco from from what I remember. I mean, I've only seen I've not played this game. I've only seen some YouTube videos a long time ago when it came to PlayStation. Um, you know, and you basically get kind of environment puzzles, and you have to work them out and, and kind of progress through. Whilst in the background, this kind of this this lumbering, huge monstrosity, which is 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 the manifestation of your your father's alcoholism, kind of is always lingering in the background. And you're trying to basically get this this you're trying to lead this this monster away mm. um, to to find the cure. If you, if you like, so it's a pretty good game. I imagine it will come out fairly cheaply, probably on Steam for around about the ten pound, maybe fifteen pound mark. Um, it's well worth looking at if, if you've got any interest in that kind of uh, that kind that kind of thing. It's a really difficult to ex- game to explain, which is why I'm really struggling with it. Plus, the fact that I haven't played it to make it easy, but from what I've seen, <laughs> what I've read, um, it's one I'll be looking at. Although, having seen the state of my back catalogue already, it's probably one I'm going to pass on. But um, that's the only release I can actually see that's coming to PC this week. You, you need to just mark a day off in the calendar and say, right, I'm going to have this finished by one, this date. One. Jesus. These, these then, these finished. Oh, Jesus Christ. Seriously, I looked at my desktop the other day. I've got 22 games on my desktop. <laughs> 22 games on my desktop, of which, if you take out games like Battlefield 3 and Guild Wars, there's probably... 10 or 12 maybe even 14 or that I haven't even booted up <laughs> it's bad it's getting um, oh dear so yeah I need to spend some time there are games on there I just need to hit I just need to hit hard like uh, I need to get them out of the way you make, which is a horrible thing to say about games because you should play games for enjoyment but things like I've still got Dear Esther sitting there 
as, as of an hour. <laughs> I haven't played that, and apparently that's only like a two and a half, three hour game. I could clear that yeah. if I wanted to, but you know, I hate this. I hate this way. You know, you got to get the game out. I hate it. It's like when Americans say things like "I beat the game." That really niggles me because I don't want to beat the game. I want to complete the game. I want to play the game. I don't want to beat it. Beat it makes it sound like I'm <laughs> beating the thing into submission, uh, and I don't want to do that. So um, I don't know. I just need to. I just need some more bloody time in mind. I need like 48-hour days where 24 of those are just for me, rather yeah. than work and my family and God and everybody else. I, just, no, I need a day off, uh, or I can just play games. Um, so anyway, we digress even more. Um, Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Steam deals. There's lots of them. The yeah, there's lots of them. Dishonored's Dishonored 50% off. Which is 15 quid is an absolute steal. But again, I think it's the weekend deal, so by the time this podcast comes out, it's probably going to be gone. <laughs> uh, um, uh, uh, otherwise, tw- 20 hours on it. Come on, everybody. Well, <laughs> Jurassic Park, the game. Which uh, that's that's normally twenty two quid. That's down to five pound fifty. It's got seventy five percent off at the moment. Um, so if you're into that, I know it's. Uh, it's isn't, that, those, isn't that kind of like a Walking Dead story driven thing? It possibly might be, but it's not as bad as everyone said it was. It's, it's not, right. You know, it's not that bad. It is a Telltale's game. Um, it it kind of got I think unfairly given grief. When it um, when it got released, but it's actually it's actually not that bad. But you've got a couple of days if you're getting this podcast first thing Monday, and you've got another couple of days maybe to get get hold of it. Um, it's certainly worth five, I'd have thought. But yeah. Um, otherwise, don't know. You know what Steam's like. There's hardly any point to talk about Steam deals because there's always another one around the corner. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's about it. Um, what else? Well, to wrap up the usual outro stuff. Remember, we've got affiliate links on the on the front page of the forum. Um, the affiliate links aren't just for Amazon; they do play, they do shop too, and all sorts. And also, the main show sponsor Jinx has also got a link on there. So, if you want to go and have a look at T-shirts and, and whatever, they do do some good stuff. Actually, I was having a look the other day, but I'm not no, on. there is some nice gear in there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not onto Minecraft, so there's not just Minecraft stuff in there. Hmm. Um, Twitter, uh, you can you can sign onto the show's tweets at uh, at MGP Bits. Um, I'm at Vimesy74 and I'm at ClarkySnap um, and that's basically about it um, we're back next week I think I'm on it next week I don't know so I might as well have to get some gaming done in between then and there uh, well, for anyone who likes a spoiler we'll be right back after the end credits yeah, absolutely we'll be back with our Bioshock Infinite spoiler cast um, right after the end credits so if you don't want to know anything about Bioshock Infinite uh, don't go past the credits basically and if you do then, then hang around and we'll be right back at you so until then um, Tara see you next week bye hello so this is your last warning um, we are about to talk in some detail about Bioshock Infinite and it will be crammed full of spoilers so if you don't want those I would suggest you turn off now and come back to this bit when you have actually played the game um, otherwise well, on your head be it, basically I hold no responsibility for your uh, uh, spoiler alert absolutely, <laughs> okay so um, where should we start 
the story itself, I suppose. The whole end reveal that... Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm so worried there are people out there thinking, don't tell me. Um, that you are actually Comstock. Indeed. So, uh, did you twig this, or is this something that caught you by surprise? Yeah, I kind of sussed it out. Did you? Uh, yeah. It, I'd, well, I couldn't see how they were going to do it any other way. See, I, I'd kind of forgotten to even look for twists. Um, <laughs> so you're, too, you're too busy looking for the bloody bin. This is, <laughs> but this is the thing, and it really annoyed me. I was listening to um, a couple of friends of mine talking about it, and they were, and also the PC Gamer did a, a spoiler cast on it, and I was sitting there listening to it, thinking I missed so much in this game. Um, I missed the relevance. I missed the whole thing with with Latisse, um kind of being, uh, you know, being Oops. basically the same person. Yes. And I missed the whole thing about the whole, you know, the whole 123rd attempt and all this thing with with the toy toss and things. Yeah, heads and tails. I still don't get the uh, the bird and cage thing though. The burning cage. No, the bird and the cage. What well, the, the 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 beginning when you give a either a bird or a cage brooch. Yes. No, I can't find anything that tells me what what that actually impacted on. But my, I don't think many people think mm. it impacts on anything because people I've spoken to about the game and whatever, I gave her the bird. <laughs> I gave her the bird. I, eh, okay. <laughs> um, I know a couple of people who gave him the cage, and we've talked about it, and the game didn't change at all. So I don't know what that was, mm. that was about. I, I'm I'm kind of thinking DLC on that one maybe, because there is DLC coming for it, and it isn't yeah. going to be multiplayer based. So. Well, I, I think possibly it was more to do with just it was a, it's a trick of the developer to kind of make you feel like. Elizabeth is yours. She's your special sidekick. You've you've had to give it some thought. You think, well, should I give it a cage? What does that represent? What does the bird represent? You know that kind of thing. And you're thinking about her, and I think maybe it was just one of those things where they make you attach yourself to, to Elizabeth. Um, but yeah, there were so many things in the game that I missed because I was too busy looting. What one thing I did pick up on and. I'm a bit of a bugger with this for films. You'll know a lot of films, early on in the film, they'll show you... They'll basically, when you look back on it, you'll see how the antagonist is going to meet their end. Yeah. Um, you know, like in Aliens, you basically introduced to the Power Lord, and you think, yeah, that's going to get used later on in the film. Uh, yeah, they a- a- Alien 3, you've got the example of thermal shock on that bucket, and as it turns out, that's exactly how it does. And then you've got, obviously... Songbird not doing well in uh, in water very early on in the game, and I kind of saw that. I thought, mm, See, he's going he's going to end up drowning here. In all here. honesty, Songbird was probably one of the best characters in the actual yes in the actual game, and I thought those those final scenes were, were the touching, most really. the most emotional in the whole game. Um, that that whole scene where Songbird is drowning was just really quite powerful. I thought. Um, I can't. I, I kind of. I really did like that scene. In fact, you say it was very emotional. I didn't like how you had full control of the character at that moment because it was so easy to just considering. Well, we can spoil it now. You turn up in Rapture at the end. Your initial thought is to, oh my god, I'm in Rapture. Look around here, and you, you could potentially miss that entire. See, I didn't get that because uh, I, Bioshock One, I didn't play that much of. I only got, yeah. probably got about a third of the way through it, maybe. Um, but I, I, I watched that scene with um, with the songbird dying, mm. 
and once he he kind of floats away there's that walkway and you see the big daddy and the little sister yes and i just i remember looking at it and i turned away and i actually looked back and thought hang on that's oh that's clever and then i looked about and thought oh this is rapture man yeah i remember uh, this have you seen that video on youtube apparently there's a scene in bioshock one I think it's where you, I don't know how far you got in it, you meet this guy who's in the lounge playing the piano, and if you listen to it at a particular moment, you can hear songbirds screaming in the background. Really? Yeah, whether there's any truth to that, but it seems to claim it's an official sort of thing. I I just think they got a bit clever, uh, too clever for me, I think. Uh, And it's a hard thing to admit that, you know, oh, I I just, I played the game, unfortunately, I think. I, I played the game as a shooter. Um, because that's how the game was built for me. I think you first walk into into Colombia and it's like this is awesome. Yeah, the world is just. How, how, how long were you in the church for? <laughs> I wasn't in the church for that long because it was fairly obvious that um, yeah, you were only going to go one way. Um, but you, it was it was beautiful. Um. But there are people who are sort of saying, oh, yeah, I twigged at this point that this was going to happen because of the signs of the clues that were in the church. And I'm thinking, fuck it, I just thought, this is all right, this this is shiny. I, I, I missed out. I wasn't going there. I think I played it like a lot of people who aren't Bioshock aficionados would have played it in the sense of I'm playing this as a game rather than I need to go hunting clues. The only yeah. thing I was hunting was, was the next bin. <laughs> and I, I honestly can't stress enough. I know it sounds silly. I know I'm half on about it, but it really did ruin it for me. Because I spent so long looking, oh, there's a bin over there, let's go and look behind, that I missed things that were happening in the world, or yeah. that the architecture was supposed to represent, or that the building was supposed to do. No, I, I'm a little more forgiving on stuff like because I, I kind of went into this more for the story than I really did for the gameplay. I knew what I think I tried to. I think I yeah. tried to go in for the story, and I was actually yeah. quite surprised there wasn't as much story as I thought there would be. But actually, the, the clever thing that Bioshock Infinite does is it tells a story without telling you the story. Yes. It doesn't hold your hand with it. It lets you find it out. But like I said, unfortunately, I wasn't finding it out because I was too busy looking for a bin. And I don't... It just let the game down. Why couldn't they just fuck off with the looting you don't need looting in it i could have got health in some other way yeah i could have have picked up something that gave me you know i I don't know what it is they 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 could have been some kind of plasmid the first plasmid i pick up is one that when i kill somebody i get a proportion of their health or something like that or something of that ilk something where i don't have to worry about having to go around trying to find food It's it's a ridiculous concept anyway um, or that you know, I have to loot every single body individually, or I find a coin. A co- f- fuck off with a coin. <laughs> you know, just show me the money. I don't want to have to be looting everything because it just took me away. It took me out of the experience of Columbia. It took me out of the spirits of Bioshock and made me just. It made me play it like Call of Duty. Yeah. And that pissed me off. Um, but you know, apart from that, if you if you look past that. The world itself is something else. It is. Um, absolutely stunning. The I know people keep going on about the music in the game, but the music was, was exceptional. Um, I must have heard that God Only Knows 
tune about 18 <laughs> times since Bioshock already, because everyone keeps going on about it. I personally didn't think these were the best. That 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 was the best bit. With, with Go on. Music. My my favourite bit with the music was with with with, with, with two of them with, with Booker and Elizabeth in the in the basement with the guitar. That was just yes. stunning. amazing scene. That is. That was just for 30 seconds worth of cutscene that made yeah. you feel more about the characters than the rest of the, the game put together. It was mm. a stunning, stunning piece. Did you see, I presume you watched the credits all the way through? Yes. And you saw that, I mean, don't you just hate people? I mean, you've got these two people who are vaguely attractive and he can play the guitar like a genius and he just sings and then you just think, you bastard. I hate <laughs> you. What's wrong with you? Uh, but the fact that, no, you know, it's just, that- just a brilliant scene. That, that was a great scene. And, um, well, no, it's like you say about Songbird. That, that I like the fact that he wasn't turned into the boss you fat four or five times during the game, which you is very you could, no. It was really nice the way they did it. Yeah, because Elizabeth makes it clear that you know you can't win against this thing. So, it, the, the, like I said before, the game just doesn't put you in a situation where you have to. No, but I also thought that the the variety of enemies wasn't there. If it was no. going to be played as a shooter, there wasn't really enough there to keep you... You know, you, you basically had humans who were... Whether they were Vox or whether they were Columbia Police or whatever, um, and whether they used, whether they were slightly more armoured or slightly less armoured, whether they were using rocket launchers, they were still human. Or you had the handymen, and then you basically had the... Um, uh, what you call them, the mechanics, the mechanicals. Yeah, I think we're going to be seeing some variation of enemies. I've, I had a look at some of the uh, artwork from, well, it was the, the artwork of Bioshock Infinite book, and uh, a lot of the enemy images in there were basically, they were kind of freaks, basically, that were kind of born of experiments of twisted dimensions. You had that big bulky guys with three different faces and stuff. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, the, the handyman, um, brilliant. Yeah. As an enemy, absolutely brilliant. And I think, again, the wonderful thing about the way Bioshock does this is it does, again, you find out more about the backstory and the little, through the Vox phones that you pick up. Yeah. And there were some, there were some really touching ones about um, the woman there was, I can't remember who it was, there was a woman who basically, her Vox phones were all about the fact that, I think the first one you find is on the beach, just after you rescue Elizabeth, and it's it's basically about the fact that she's going to have to marry this man who's basically half machine or something like that, mm. and it suddenly clicks, she's talking about handymen, she's talking about the fact she's going to have to marry, or she's having a, or something, you know, this, this person has been placed inside this mechanical body, and yet there's a human element there. This this is not a machine. This is a human. Yeah. In 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 a, a, a horrendous machine. And then there's a bit later on where you come across after the Vox Revolution, you come across the corpse of a handyman, which you've got three of the Vox there standing over it taking photos. Mm-hmm. And the Vox phone that you pick up that he's he's clutching is basically the recording the same woman. It's basically her love letter to him, saying <laughs> how much she loves him and respects him, even though he's, you know, half machine now, whatever. And and you just sit there and you're looking at this scene where you've got these two Vox with their kind of feet propped up on him, smiling and gurning for the camera, 
against this huge hulking corpse with a really tender voicemail, if you like, from his wife, who's never going to... And you just sit there thinking, there's these beautiful human touches in it. Yeah, absolutely. That make the world, even though they've not shown you any of this world, and even, as I said in the main main show, I still think of it as a corridor shooter, because it very much was for me. It hints at so much more depth without having to show you that depth. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't have to show you the woman. It doesn't have to show you... No them in any kind of embrace or anything it doesn't have to show you didn't even show you their house or anything like that it just with these little snippets it opened it makes you think about this huge world and that was the star again like bioshock rapture was the star of bioshock as far as i was concerned it wasn't the characters it wasn't this convoluted story with andrew ryan and stuff it was rapture and just like columbia is columbia exactly i mean bioshock infinite columbia was was the game and and was everything the art direction the the way it moved the way it lived i mean it, even the city's introduction was kind of great with you on the lighthouse and sort of the he- all that noise and light coming from the heavens yeah i mean it was just fantastic um and i, I did like i did like the nods back to bioshock and um, yeah. or lighthouse thing at the end well that that's kind of part of the story i think it strongly hints of the fact that you've got all of these different realities and Bioshock, the original game, is basically, in a way, just a retelling of the same story, but in an alternate reality. Mm. I mean, I, I've, as again, as not a Bioshocky type person, I am. I wasn't as in love with the story, in all honesty. I, I'd almost forgotten about it until the last few, the last yeah. hour when they actually start expositing it, you know, you rescue Elizabeth and then it basically takes you on, you know, a journey of, of this is, this is what's actually happening. These tens mm. are the little, and you just sit thinking, God, this is mo- much more complicated than they needed to make this. But it does kind of get to a conclusion on it. Even if it does take a while to get there. At the it end. does take an awful long time to get there. I mean, I mean, if you look at mass effect three, well, what happened to that? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, that, that didn't answer it properly. In, but in there, there was some. There was, there was some. I mean, it's very powerful. I mean, I, I, I spent an awful long time in that room with the baby before I could give it up. Yes. Even though I know, as a gamer, the game is not going to let me progress until I hand, you know, until I go through this motion of press X to pick up baby, press X to give the baby away. As a parent, it doesn't half fucking hit you. Because you're no, just like, absolutely. I'm not doing this, and I literally stood in that call out room for about three or four minutes, just going, "No, I don't, I don't want to do this. I wonder if the <laughs> game will, if I if I sit here for three minutes, whether the game will just go, no, nah, only kidding, <laughs> 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 uh, but it didn't, um, you know, and it it would have been, it was just, it, it it knew how to hit you with that, it really did, it really tugged the heartstrings on that bit, and when she's kind of reaching back and loses her finger, um. It really does. It knows how to kind of kind of tweak the heartstrings for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there was just an awful lot that didn't add up for me. With for all its cleverness, for all its cleverness, um, there were so many bits that just you just sit thinking. But why? I mean, the whole Fink Town thing, where you start opening tears up yeah. for your own benefit, it just didn't make any sense. Oh, you know, this person's. 
you know, the, the gunsmith is 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 being captured or whatever. We'll we'll open a tear up and we'll go and do this. It's like we, okay. Well, they they you know we've gone into this place. Now we've stolen the weapons. Now we're going to open up another tear to get them back. Well, hang on. The person who, you, how do you know you've got the same deal with the same person in the same world as a tear? It's just a complete fucking mess. <laughs> it really was a complete mess. Um, and you just sit there thinking, there's too many little holes in this that they possibly haven't thought through. I think. The, the thing is, though, whenever you do a story involving parallel dimensions and time travel, you could make anything up and make it fit. Yeah, possibly, but um, I, I did like the ending. Yeah, I did. Um, I actually thought it was quite shocking. Not in a kind of... <gasps> but just in a kind of... I wasn't really expecting that. I mean, you're talking about beautiful scenery. I mean, the, the end sequence when you're when you're out in the lighthouse at night and the moon's shining on the ocean. Yeah. That looks fantastic, even yeah. to the point that it's actually now my desktop wallpaper. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's stunning, and there's, there's the scenes of that, but the, the very last scene, the one with the the baptism, um, where all the Elizabeths come forward. Yeah. Brilliant last scene. Probably, for me, the most impactful last scene in the game ever. That no, bit where Elizabeth is talking to you and then suddenly another one appears and another one. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? And because I haven't, you know, because again, I didn't understand the story. I've had to work the story out post-game. I finished this game at about half 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't make sense of this. I kind of know what it's... I had the broad scope of it, but I didn't get all the little intricacies. And... Suddenly you're standing there talking to Elizabeth. This is a character that you are very bonded with and, you know, you're attached to and you, you know, kind of, this is your daughter, you get that and, you, you know, la, 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 la. And then all of a sudden there's another one and another one and they're all looking at you and you're like, okay, this is a bit children of the corn. Um, and then they kind of grab you and you're like, I think I know what you're going to do and I'm not really sure. And then they do and you're like, Wow. <laughs> didn't think you'd go there <laughs> um, but wasn't wasn't sad about it didn't feel like I'd been robbed or hang on that's really unfair no. felt it was a good ending yeah absolutely it just seemed to work yeah um, and then you have that final scene at the end of the end credits where you kind of not think... sure what I think about that mm. uh, well, the, par the parent in me is I mean I assume what they're trying to say is that in one alternate reality somewhere Booker's alive with Elizabeth as his daughter, or Anna, as it yeah. is, you know, which is a nice, but actually doesn't make a lot of sense in the whole story. Because if you kill Booker, you kill Booker, and you kill Comstock, yeah. and therefore none of this happens. So why is this? So <laughs> you go to all that, and fucking hell, your head starts to hurt. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a good game. I think it's a great game. It was. Um, it's not one I'll play through again, even though I'd like to, in a way, because there's so many things I missed because of the fucking looting. Um, I wish there was an infinite ammo cheat. I was just going to say that, you know, if it, well, the prob probably will. There, there may well, there's somebody might yeah. hold it, you know, and give you infinite ammo, infinite health. I, I don't really want infinite health because it kind of is it, but I'd like to go back through and be able to walk through the world again yeah. without having to worry about dying or anything like that, so I could just look at. Right, okay, there's a, there, that's what they mean. So, you know, even like the fact that the code to get into the lighthouse at the beginning of the, you know, the very beginning, mm. uh, I think it equals one, two, three. It's just <laughs> one, you're, you're the 123rd person to go through the door. The fact that 
when you go into the lighthouse and you try to wash your hands. You know, there's a sink in the in the first yeah. lighthouse where it says, yeah. you know, wash to absolve your sins, and he just goes, no, I'm not doing that, that you can't wash your sins away. All these little things that when you know the whole story, you're kind of oh, I see where that was trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. They start to make sense. No, it, it does. It's very clever, but probably it, too clever for me when in in the in the way that game laid itself out to me it was too clever because I missed loads of it because I was looking at bins. Yeah. <laughs> um it it told it told a very good story but not necessarily in the kind of well, you know. The game the, kind of, the game kind of hid the hid the hid the story. Yeah. Which was which was annoying. But there were some beautiful the main story wasn't the one I took out. That's the thing. There were so many other little stories that I took out of, of Bioshock Infinite with more love than, than the main story itself. Like I said, the story about the handyman and his wife, I, I, that, that, that to me was more touching than the whole DeWitt Comstock yes. thing. You know, there were little bits and pieces that just made the game so much better. The little thing about, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the musician, um, who, this is why you were hearing all these modern day songs in the, in the, in Colombia was because he'd been hearing these tears and hearing, did you did you find this guy? I don't think I did. No. Okay. Well, when you when you basically when you're getting to the bit with the ghost, mm-hmm. um, and you're heading towards the cemetery, this is after Columbia's kind of falling into ruin. Yeah. Um, you find you can find the guy's house, the musician's house, and there's mm-hmm. a, there's a corpse on the floor, and then there's a vox phone, and the vox phone is basically from, uh, I think Fink, I think it's Jeremiah Fink, who's the musician. Who's, who's the composer of all these songs that you keep hearing so things like Tainted Love and you know the Beach Boys at the beginning and it basically alludes to the fact that Jeremiah had basically been hearing modern day songs through these tears yeah. basically copying them to become the famous composer back in <laughs> whatever it was so he basically just be ripping it off uh, which is lovely little touches like that um, you know, I, think the, like, I think the whole tears thing Played a much bigger part in the original, well, in an earlier build of the game, anyway. Yeah, probably more than likely. Um, I, th- I think some of the earlier gameplay footage, there was actually a whole scene based in the, uh, you know, the Paris bit, yes. where, you see, where you see the Revenge of the Jedi yeah, poster. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was actually a whole scene played out in. That. I wouldn't be surprised. So, I mean, they had to cut it back quite a lot. Yeah. From from what I remember, the earlier footage. Um, but there we go, DLC, DLC, DLC. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know if I'll get it. I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I don't know if I'm done with that kind of that world. I don't know. If, basically, I don't want it to taint anything else. It depends what the mm. DLC is. If they could do it quite well. I mean, in a game about alternate realities, there's a lot of scope for what they could do with that. But DLC. I don't want them to touch the story I've got. No, no, absolutely. And that's that's the problem. They're going to have to. Cut. It would be kind of nice to revisit Columbia again, but. What, yeah, there's, there's there's no way you can slot anything else the in for the main about characters. Columbia was you see Columbia at its height yeah. when you first come out of the, 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 the that baptism to enter the city, and you see Columbia as this you know at the very height of its powers. This is a strong city that is thriving, that is in absolute you know surety of itself, and then you see the fall. You witness the fall of this great city great for possibly not the right reasons but you know still a great you know city and that's brilliantly done that is you really do feel like you're there at the turn of something you know how yeah. quick is it to go from you know 
heaven to hell effectively you know that's that's kind of what happens um and it tells that brilliantly and i don't know if they with dlc depends what they do with it because i don't know if i want to go back to columbia because or if i do it would have to be pre me showing up in infinite basically yeah i don't know i don't quite know how they do it but it was it was it was brilliant so you know just just a, a wonderful wonderful no. work I mean, I'd love to tell the story and what happens to lots of people, but you can only really discuss it with other gamers, can you? Because you know, how do you how do you <laughs> tell the story to someone who doesn't play this no, sort but it's of just, thing? Did you see? Did you see? You know, all yeah. the, um, the the another lovely little touch was the you know when you're looking through all the uh, propaganda video machines. I can't remember what they're called now. Um, you know, oh, you bend over and you look through them, and they kind of give you the, the little spiel of you know, yeah. what they were, and it's like the history of combat. And you get to kind of the last one because he, he starts getting a bit arty, and he does things like sunrise and stuff like mm. that. Yeah. Did you see the last one? Which one was that? The the one where he falls. No. Oh, mate! Just before the very last bit, the, the last one I came to, you bend over and whatever you look at it, and it's basically this guy videoing. Battleship Bay, and then you just see the camera fall off the edge, and basically it's. I think what they were trying to convey to me was that he'd done all these kind of propaganda shots for Columbia, then he started getting really arty and looking at Sunrise and started questioning his work, mm. and then threw himself off the edge, but kept filming <laughs> as he did it. Nice. So the way the way it's done, or the way the way the title. I can't remember what the title of it was, but it was you know it was it was brilliant, and you just think there's a story in itself. Without yeah. to tell me anything, without me ever meeting the character, you, you've watched this guy's work through thirty odd bloody of these video machines, um, and then you you know see how he changes his filmic style to turn to the more you know creative arts, and then deciding to end it all. It's just it's just brilliant, just yeah. really good. another story that that will probably stay with me longer than again the whole Comstock. It, it, it is, but just it's just such a hard story to describe to someone who's not going to play it. You know, because how do you describe it to someone? Well, you. You know, I, I saw one review saying you basically you're a man and you go up to a city that's full of magic throwing sp- <laughs> sky racists. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> these, these things didn't this, these things didn't make sense to me. Um, why am I the only person who's using vigors? Mm, it, I think hints on that others use them, but, but it never you know, really pushes it, does it? Bit, I think you're in Think Town, you're going up the elevator, and you see all these vigors being made, bottled. Do you remember you yeah. go up the thing and there's there's crates and crates of vigors. Yes. Um, and then there's, you know, they're building all the machines as well, the kind of the dollar bills and all this sort of thing. Um, but I can only remember, apart from the Crow Man, I can only remember the very first, literally the first time you start killing police when you're escaping from the fun fair or whatever it is, there's yeah. one bloke who comes at you with fire. Yes. And that's when you pick up your fire vigor. It's the only time in the whole game I can remember somebody else using a vigor on me. Oh, the guy uses the electric one as well. I can't remember that. The boss guy, the ex-soldier from Wounded Knee. Oh, Slate, or whatever his name Yes. Yeah, yeah, vaguely. But why aren't the police using these? No, They're so readily that. available that I can pick them up off the fucking street. <laughs> why am I not getting hit by a murder of crows or... Well, that was it. I really... I, after, from the footage I'd saw a scene before playing it, the Murder of Crows one was the one I most wanted to use. And when I killed that first, you know, the first crow bad guy, the game yeah. glitched. The game glitched and threw it into a wall. And it was at that moment it had auto-saved it. So 
I didn't get it for about another hour's worth of gameplay when I finally found a machine that sold it. Oh, no. I think I ended up using... Um, weirdly, I think I used the ones that nobody else wanted to use. I used Bronco a lot. I used... Well, I can say I used the Bronco and shotgun combo. Yeah, exactly. Throw them in the air, six of them in the air, one shotgun blast, room's cleared. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but other people seem to like using Undertow a lot and things like this, and I just I couldn't get the hang of Undertow. I didn't see how it works for me particularly well. But its use, if I found it useful for one particular bit for dragging bad guys off the airships. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose you could do that. But I I I tended not to use the Vigors very much at all. I didn't I didn't I tended just to go in with my gun, and I, I kept forget. Partly I kept forgetting I had Vigors, and partly also it was so expensive in salt. Yeah. Now, if it was a gun, you're talking like a maximum of eight shots. Well, what about the possession one? No, that was but, like two, wasn't it? it was yeah. Something ridiculous like that, and it's just, I wasn't made. It didn't wasn't useful. It'd be better if they'd done something like you had a recharge thing on it. Yeah. So you can have unlimited goes with this, but it recharged slowly over time or something like that, so you could actually use the thing. Um. Uh, and then the other thing was with, with, with Elizabeth and those tears. So every arena you went in, you could I was it? You could get a hook or med kits or an old auto turret. Or, or, or turret or and it was just like could they not have been a little bit more imaginative with it? She can end you know, she can open tears to pretty much fucking anywhere. It's like that one she uses when she's pinned down on the surgery table where she opens that tear to the mm. To the kind of Wizard of Oz. Tornado, yeah, yeah the tor- tornado. tornado. I thought that that'd have been great, something like that. Yeah, or, or but you know, I mean, it's like you know when uh, there's a bit where you're she's running away from you. Yeah. And she uses her powers to. to there's yeah. a train that goes in front of you, and there's balloons that's parade of people. Fuck's sake, you know what I mean? I can blow my way through hordes of enemies, but I can't battle my way through fucking cosmic balloons. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you'd have thought they could have done something where, you know, if enemies start charging towards you, there's a rift over there and you can do, you know, you don't know what it is, but she can press, you know, you press X and she opens it and there's a train that comes hurtling through, wipes yeah. them out and then disappears into a, another, yeah, on the other side of the map. Just be more imaginative with what they could have done with that would have been great. I can't imagine a lot of stuff like that probably was planned on being included with it at some point or another. It just seemed a little boring to have the same shit in the same maps. You know, you, you walk yeah. into your arena, immediately you walk in, you look around, you go, right, I'm looking at a, a wave-on-wave fight here, aren't I? You've got, di- you know, you've got a couple of different levels of height, you've got a big, broad expanse in front of you with various bits of cover, and you think, right, I'm going to have at least ten people come at me with maybe a couple of automatons or whatever they are, the mechanicals, um... And you know exactly what to expect. And oh, look, there's a hook over there. Where's my med kits going to spot? Oh, there they are over there in that little alcove. Uh, okay, have I got any? Oh, yeah, there's an auto turret over there. I'll get her to spurt that one up first, and then I'll go over there. <laughs> and it just ended up being like that. You just ended up reading the room like that rather than thinking yeah. about anything else. Um, and that, that kind of led me astray quite a lot. But a competent shit. I thought the, the, the combat was pretty good, actually. I didn't have a problem with the combat. I heard a lot of people sort of bitching about it, saying it wasn't that great, but I quite enjoyed the combat. It was okay. I mean, it's not groundbreaking. It, it never was in, even in the original games. No, but, but it was, you know, you point, you shoot, it, they yeah. died. It was, you know, um, felt quite solid. I was saying before, I really liked the um, the way the guns worked and they felt like it was, you know, the recoil was there. And um, But yeah, like we said, I didn't use half of them because they all looked the bloody same to me. 
<laughs> I, you know, there were things like the volley gun, which I tried, and I thought, okay, no, I'll go back to my shotgun, thanks. Uh, you know, and uh, was this, there, there were like three, and I can't, I can't, I don't think I even bothered picking up some of them. Yeah, I know. I know. With the handyman, you, the trick was to kind of shoot them in the heart, wasn't it? But yeah, I don't. Yeah, all I ended up doing was, like you said, pick, if there was a volley gun or a rocket launcher, I basically picked that up and basically spammed him with it until he fell. But because down. you were only getting two weapons, it yeah. wasn't like Halo, where the, in Halo, when you get two weapons, you can pretty much use those on, you know, so your pistol will do long range and short range and your assault rifle can be used at short range and long range. Yeah. Because in Bioshock, you're kind of screwed because let's say you've got a shotgun, you do need something like a machine gun for every other range. You know, any medium to long range, you need something else. So if you pick up an RPG, you then have to be kind of like really sure you don't want to pick up another gun for a while. I was really, really uh, kind of loath to put down the weapons I had. <laughs> Because I never knew when I was going to get back again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And I think exactly. that was a, maybe if they'd gone for something a bit more like Far Cry-esque where you've got four weapons and on the D-pad or something like that where you can just go, right, I want my rocket launcher now if I've got one or if I want my machine gun, my pistol or my sniper rifle or whatever. So you're kind of covered. I, th- I, kind, of, I kind of understand why they did two, but I think two with the range of weapons they had made it a little bit more difficult. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to talk about really was how unbioshock it was very much. In the sense that, yeah, you... with the original Bioshock, it was almost a survival horror. I had that feeling of kind of anticipation and dread most of the time through my play of Bioshock. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, Columbia and Rapture are basically well, the polar opposites oh, of oh, each other, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. You know, one's at the bottom of the sea, one's on the top of the sky. But I, I kind of expected more fear more I, I wanted to i wanted to feel more oppressed or more in danger if you like and i never really got that yeah apart from comstock house which i thought was probably the outstanding level because it was dark and because it was the abandoned kind of hospital did the uh the did silent they, boy fuck did he get boy. yeah fuck did he ever jesus christ <laughs> There's some brilliant videos of that on YouTube. Shit out of me. Uh, that bit we were looking at, yeah, I know exactly. This is the bit because I remember when Bout, uh, Beastie was talking about it. Sorry, on on the show last week, I think it was, and he said there was one bit that made him jump, and I'm like, what all that is? And then when it happened, I was like, yeah, that's the bit he was talking about. I think it was me actually that mentioned. Oh, that. Was it? Oh, fuck! Yes. Get the shit out of me. So <laughs> watching the screens, and then you turn, boom, and you go, wah! And then, oh. <laughs> You know, oh Jesus, oh that was horrible. But that was the only bit. It was the only scary bit, and it was only scary because it was a jump out of your skin moment. I, I, it almost smacked of the fact that they thought mm, this isn't scary. This game, let's just shove them one good scary. But fuck me, they, they were great. But they were again, they were really weird characters. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was the only. That was the only reminiscence of of kind of the original Bioshock level wise. I thought was was that that kind of asylum yeah. element, that, that felt like rapture. But, um, yeah, so I don't know what else to say about Infinite. I think it was a great game. I, I think it's overhyped. I think 10 out of 10 is is too much. Um, you know, some of this, you know, IGN, I think, gave it 10 out of 10. I think Eurogamer, I, I can't remember, I probably gave it an 8. But, <laughs> but I, I, th- I would say it's a solid 8, maybe a 9. Uh, <laughs> but it's not, it's no, not. it's... Yeah. 
game like I say, it's, it's a corridor shooter. Um, yeah. yeah, it has its faults, but there's some, there's some. The touch, it's the touches, it's the little things that make that game great. Exactly, it's the little stories that get told outside of the main events, if you like, that make that make that game for me. So yeah, so unless there's anything else you want to add on it, I think we've probably watched. No, that's that's fine. Hopefully, a successful first spoiler cast. Uh, uh, you, want to, you want to join us next time, and we'll uh, ruin the end of Super Mario Brothers for you. Yay! <laughs> I think he gets the girl in the end. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. No, so, she okay. always she always manages to get herself fucking kidnapped again, though, doesn't she? Honestly, uh, no. Hopefully, next time we maybe even talk about something like Tomb Raider because I think we've done that one, so we, we get on to get on to ruining that for people then. Absolutely. Um, okay, so. Thanks for listening. If you have managed to get this far through through the spoiler cast, uh, let us know what you think. If it's worth us doing more of these uh, on the forum uh, in the thread that'll open up. And um, yeah, um, see you next time. Cheers. Bye.